0: All right. Okay, We're live. Oh, jeez, that was cool. that was wild. I, blipped. I gotta get this stuff off the screen. It's freaking me out. Yeah. Oh, come on, stupid.
1: Tips. Wow.
0: I don't need no tips.
1: Windows. I'm
0: a Facebook Live master.
1: That's why every time when we do a video at the end, you're like, how'd you miss that? That's
0: because Facebook changes the buttons all the time on this. I'm this
1: I'm afraid I'm accidentally oh, it's okay. It.
0: Um uh, so hello everyone.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I keep leaning the wrong way because this is backwards.
0: It's backwards. It's 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 a, it's a mirror image it's inverted. Yeah. Um I like books. Me too. And um so in our desire to foster, encourage, celebrate. Nurture. Nurture. You like books. <laughs> I like words. Um, here's a word this week that I've learned that I really I like. What's the word I learned I like this, this this week? I've been saying it the last few days. I like this, and Lena made fun of me for it. The one word I know I like. Here's a word this week that I've really come to embrace, and that's the word Scarbachi. I don't know if that's a real word, but it really does, um... Do
1: you know its meaning?
0: I have no idea.
1: It sounds like you might be throwing around Italian cuss words and not knowing. That's not an Italian
0: curse word. Listen, when I was eating pickles, my brother told me, Get your Scarbacci fingers out of the pickle jar! And I, 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 I don't need to know what the word means. To, in context, I know what he's saying. He's saying you're a disgusting slob. Get a fork so you don't, like, contaminate the pickle juice.
1: But also, your brother said it to you. So, is it a trustworthy word?
0: <laughs> hey, listen, this saying is trustworthy and true. So, we so, read one book a month. Our book for July. Wait, I know it's August 2nd. We had VBS last week. It's just what happens sometimes. Crazy week. We read a book by Max Lucato Facing Your Giants. Is this your first Lucato book, babe?
1: This is my first Lucato. Written for not children,
0: you say his Luciano children stuff is really good.
1: I read the one I think it's called "You Are Special." I don't know about the like about Punchinello, the little like toy guy with the toy maker. I read it at my friend's house during college once. Like it was just sitting there, and I picked it up, and I was like weeping. It was like it's just it was really. You read to our kids when they were
0: when they were kids. You read. I
1: I think so. Yeah, they probably don't remember it. Okay, so uh, little but.
0: I'm gonna start off in a very controversial way, which is my go-to style. No, I went to Bible college, okay? With a bunch of Scarbacce guys. <laughs> oh no, me and my friends were a bunch of opinionated, arrogant um, jamokes. I'll just use all the words that I like today. Um, and so we were jerks, just big old jerks and we used to make fun of christian culture as a whole we just poke fun at the bear and we were making fun of our own our own world you know this is where we come from you make fun of the world you come from you know and one guy who was not spared from our biting insight was max Lucado. cuz the guy had so many books on the shelf yeah. he put out a new book like every 7 months so we just made fun of the guy for it never read him though and so this is the first book I've read by Matthew Cato called Facing Your Giants my good friend um, Wesley Bartholomew Morris he told me um, that this book was one of his go-to's that it really meant a lot to him and my buddy um, WB he always he always he's a big King David guy he's a big he loves King David I've never been a big King David guy I I I just never You're had-
1: You're more a Jacob guy.
0: I'm a Jacob guy. Um, I like my jerks with less power. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm, just, I'm not against David. David has a, his part in the biblical story and redemption and salvation history is incredible. I just never spent a lot of time with David. And um, again- It's
1: because he's everyone's favorite, isn't it? It very well may be. Um,
0: um, I just I just missed the train. I wasn't an Old Testament guy when I, I became a Christian later on in life. I didn't read the Old Testament a lot. I didn't read it, yeah. I read Genesis and I I basically read Matthew and Genesis. Yeah, you kept going back to Matthew, yeah. and then, yeah. Matthew and Genesis are my two go to books, um, and I didn't go much past that. I probably read First Samuel maybe four times in my life. Usually when I'm going around the bend reading the whole Bible straight through. Anyways, I've never read a, I've never I've never been a big David guy. Um, this book, Facing your Giants, is about David and Goliath. Um, but it's really about David more than, yeah. Goliath is reduced, but it's it's David's whole journey. Because the
1: giant becomes a metaphor for all of the challenges that he faced, and um, that then is applied to all the things we face.
0: So the book, uh, a couple things just from 100, just up in the air, what do we think of the book? Um, there's a lot of good stuff in this book.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair, darling Yeah.
0: Um, I was encouraged. I was challenged. um, I was inspired a few times. I probably won't read a lot more by Max Lucado. He writes, um, it's a little too cutesy for me. (laughs) I, uh, I always, I like, I like R-rated truths. I want people to tell me the truth in a blunt, Trauma kind of way, and Kato is more like a like precious moments kind of way, which is not evil or bad.
1: More of a chicken soup for the soul. Yes, and
0: I'm not chicken soup for the soul guy. I'm not cutesy. I'm not gentle. I'm not nice. I just need someone to grab me by the collar, put me against the wall, and tell me I'm a I'm a stupid sack of crap, and I need to stop being dumb. And I'm like, you're right. That's 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 what I that's. I remember reading Brendan Manning in, in, in the books in Church of Jesus and he says, fall on your knees to the God you have in, and confess your sin. I remember I just started crying because he just nailed me to the wall and I need to be nailed to the wall sometimes. So I probably won't read a lot more locator, not because it just it's not my style of prose. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Um, the prose, is, it's not bad. I'm not trying, I'm, I'm no, not No, and sure. I think
1: this is probably good for a lot of people because it's very accessible. I think it's very accessible. it probably is intentionally writing in a way that people can find something in it that they can, you know, that it reads easily and they can find something that they can relate to and apply.
0: So um, so, so the book is uh, the, for easy to read, a very quick read.
1: Yeah, Um, the chapters are super short. Man, they're
0: short. Sometimes I'm like, he's just getting started and he he stops. Yeah,
1: there were a few times I felt like we could go into this a little more. (laughs) Like it would be helpful to kind of, you know, mine the depths of these topics. But because basically the way it's set up, the chapters are like, there's an intro and then a conclusion. But the rest of the chapters are like specific, like scenes almost Mm -hmm. in David's life and how how he faced that challenge and then he would kind of um, use that as a as a metaphor for challenges that we face and he would say, you know, what is your, you know, he would talk about um, when David was on the run from Saul and how Saul was a bully and then like how do you face, how do you deal with when you are treated unfairly and he would take that scenario and make it one of the giants that we face and um, so there's like 19 chapters and they're like 3 or 4 pages long. It's crazy. It's like, it's really crazy.
0: Short. Um but yeah, I mean it's it goes by quick. Um but again, I found a I found a lot of uh good things in here. And man, um again my my good friend WB, he's thinking um I've heard him do a David series and some of these ideas that are started here, um he would go more depth and and would would um like He'd mind the depths of those passages, and they were powerful, powerful sermons. Um, so a really good reading of the life of David. It makes me want to read the story of David more, biblically speaking. Like I'm like, man, there's a lot in this guy's life that I just really kind of, like, I just kind of ran through. Like I don't think about David's life a lot when he's on the like before he's king. Yeah. Before David's king, there's a lot of things he does that are kind of it's. He's not always clean
1: right
0: Yeah, there's a few moments so that's kind of the overview stuff now let's go into specific 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 things
1: well before we do that oh geez. just like the overall um, the idea of the book is just you know facing your giants and it talks about how when we face challenges and he goes through you know these 19 chapters are specific ones but they're it's not Um, it's not extensive, like there could be other challenges, obviously, he just goes through David's entire life and takes, you know, each thing he goes through and applies it. Um, but the, the overarching theme really is that he's, he talks about how obstacles that we face are opportunities for God to move. And he talks, one of the big threads is when you're facing those hard things that you need to maintain your focus on God, not, not be giant focused. Um, and that's kind of an overarching theme, which applies it very in every much. It's
0: um, you see him a few times. Uh, Lucado would really highlight that in uh, David, who sometimes had great faith. He would mm-hmm. face some situations and he trusted God and walked through it. There are moments he would just get shook, and he would be afraid, mm-hmm. and he would. So there's. That's a very good point, babe. The God focus, and the, the last chapter is very much remember, be God focused. Right. That's a, the last chapter of the book is like, remember to keep your eyes on the Lord. Because um, if your eyes are on the Lord, the giant seems much smaller. Mm-hmm. Again, the book's very metaphor, a lot of metaphor, you know, a lot of the giants of your life kind of right. stuff. Um,
1: he also, in each chapter, as he talks about the the specific challenge that David faced and how that could be applied to challenges we face, then in each chapter he talks about a proper response to that, and um, depending on what the scenario is, it changes. But a lot of the time, it's just remember God, remember what God has done, remember His faithfulness, remember that He's brought you through, remember that there's enough mercy, remember you know all of these things. It's just. Keep turning back and remembering what God has done, and that He is faithful, and you can trust Him. And that's the response a lot of the time. Like He'll go through the chapter and say, "This is the hard thing, but remember," um, and that's the way to turn it back, turn your focus back to God. We're good. So
0: let's go ahead and work our way through some of the things that stood out to us as we read. I'm gonna start off with a negative one. Um, there's a lot. I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be negative, Nancy. Um, do a nice one, babe. I don't want to be negative. I don't be negative so quick.
1: Um. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's. I mean, there. The.
0: Other people have looked at the life of David and written upon it. There's a book by Jean Edwards. That is his name? Jean. Jean Simmons. Gene
1: <laughs> Jean... Peterson. Eugene. Jean, you not Eugene Peterson? I... You go ahead and install. I... Oh. Okay. So, I'll just talk about some examples of the chapters, like um, Silent Phones. He has these, you know, like clever chapter titles or whatever, but then they're a specific story in the life of David. So, he talks about um, when Samuel came to anoint the king and how um, you might feel like you're passed over or not seen and how God looks at the heart. And so, when you feel neglected or when you feel unseen, remember that God sees you. And he goes through each scenario in that way. Go ahead. Oh, you were right. You said Edwards, didn't you?
0: Um, this is a book by Gene Edwards called A Tale of Three Kings, and this is a uh, this is a meditation. It's a short, but this is a sh- this is shorter than this one. This is shorter than Lucato. This this book is like 98 pages, 100 pages, and I mean it is like look at look, look at that double space. If I wrote a paper <laughs> like that for my prof, I get an F. Double space, easy to read, but this book focuses on. Saul, David, and Absalom, and it's much more of a um, focused meditation. Um, If you've ever been in ministry and um, if you've ever been a young leader who's been crushed by a senior leader, it's a great book to read. Um, If you've ever been a leader and you felt someone has um, tried to usurp, uh, has, has betrayed you as a leader, a great book to read. Um, so there's a lot of meditations on David I've read later in my life. I read this one just a few years ago, this Gene uh, Edwards, A Tale of Three Kings. Also a grip meditation on David if you want to read more on him. But back to Max.
1: So um, one of the chapters is called Barbaric Behavior. It's about Nabal and Abigail and I just I've oh, loved Abigail. Oh. So like the way he talks about it, how... Um, you know, the challenge there is that Nabal is a fool and it's going to lead to all this violence because it's just the situation gets escalated and Abigail Abigail comes out and um, takes the blame and just, like, is so gentle and humble that it wins over David. The king. He's not
0: even the king yet. Right. Now listen, if you don't know the the Nabal-Abigail story in the Bible, there's this moment where David um, and his rough riders, if you will, they are stinking, living out, like they're just kind of patrolling the area, keeping everyone safe. Like they just protect the region, protect the, the, the shepherds. They just kind of watch out for everybody in this region. And so n- when the crops come in, often people would share their crops with David and his mighty men, because they kind of, it was almost like, like mafioso level stuff, yeah. you know? Like, you know. <laughs> paying
1: for protection. Paying for
0: protection. Well, David says something, was David's guy come over to Nabal's house, hey listen man, um, we know it's time for harvest. We'd love to join you for this meal. And Nabel's like, "Man, you don't—I don't know you." Like Nabel's like, "You can't eat my food. You—you you, you strangers in my—and people had to tell Nabel like, "'These guys have to, have helped us out. These are these are friends.' And Nabel not like here because Nabel is a drunken fool of a man. And the, the men ride back. David, David, tell David, David, this guy, man, he gave us the high hat, um, and. David's like, this guy insulted you, my lieutenants? They got on horses and David was going in with a sword to kill this guy. Meanwhile, Nabal gets drunk out of his mind, passes out at home at the party. Abigail, his wife, hears what's happened. She's so wise. She's so smart. She makes food and rides out to meet David as him and a group of his men are coming to wipe them all off, off the face of the map. And she is like, my king, I'm sorry for my husband's behavior. I've made food for you and your riders. We are grateful for all you've done for our shepherds and for our fields and our harvest. And he's like, what a godly woman you are. Mm-hmm. That's a story, it's insane. Yeah, that story, story is
1: in 1 Samuel 25, if you want to
0: read it. And a man, I, man, me and my friends, whenever we meet a godly woman married to a fool, we always <laughs> say, look at this Nabal this girl's married to. And there's a yeah, few of those, you know, Um, woof. So yeah, it just—it's
1: a great story, and then the application is just—you know—that you, you get the best of evil by doing good. To to, quote the Romans twelve—you know—overcome evil with good, um, and it's just a great, it's just a great little story, and how just gentleness and humility can win over um, ugliness.
0: <laughs> Man, what a what a great story, Abigail. What a what a good woman. Well, there's a moment in the book when um, he goes through Bathsheba, and I, I'm not gonna, this is not oh, Max's fault. Dr. Luke, is, is he a doctor, you think? He's probably a doctor, he's an honorary doctorate. Um Mr. Lucato um he has this one little thing he says. and I'm gonna I'm gonna i in so deal with it just because I'm going to. I've heard this many times in my life. Um I've been a believer in Christ now for what? Almost almost 30 years, I'm knocking on 30 years. I've heard a lot of sermons on David and Bathsheba, straight up. And I've heard, in the sermons I've heard on David and Bathsheba, probably half the messages that I have heard on this topic have tried to lay some of the blame on Bathsheba. Um, sermons, Sermons entitled why you shouldn't bathe on rooftops. Um, talk about modesty for women. Lucado in his chapter in Bathsheba, he says, what he how does he say he, he says? says something like, now we don't know or yeah, whether was, or not she was in sin been, by bathing yeah. on the bath, or on the roof, we don't know. And he just moves on. Yes. And I'm like, Max, by asking that question, you're introducing the thought he pulls a classic Rob Bell move. The, I'm gonna ask a question and pretend I, I don't know what I believe, even though I'm leading you to what I believe, cause I'm uh insincere, stop right there cause I'm being a little too facetious. Okay. Sorry, So I get, I, get, I get a little riled up sometimes. But the question is, is a leading question. If you were in courtroom, the other, the, the, the defense attorney would be like, objection, leading the witness. And the judge would go, Overruled, no, sustained, sustained. sustained. I, I don't watch enough court dramas in my life apparently. <laughs> I'm saying, you raise the question and walk away from it. According to the text, David is the wrongdoer, not Bathsheba. The text starts off by saying, in the spring, when kings went off to war, David walked in his palace. The The narrator of the story, let you know immediately, David is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. The fault is laid at David's feet and no one else.
1: We don't ever have a prophet come to Bathsheba and say they, what she was doing
0: wrong. Nathan does not withstand <laughs> Bathsheba to her face. You are the woman. That doesn't happen. I don't know why Christians feel the need to, to dirty her, to make her the bad guy. She's not the bad guy. David is the bad guy. Listen, when I lived in India and we built a second floor on our building and then had a we have a second floor and the roof is usable. So you're on the third floor essentially it's you hanging hang your laundry. And guess what? I could see into the courtyards of the homes around us mm-hmm. where people would bathe usually before the sun rose. If I wanted to go out there and be a prevert, I could. That's on me, not unless the world who has to find a way to bathe when the water is in a bucket. So I just was like, Max, why did you let these butt-faced preachers bully you into bullying Bathsheba? I don't know. So people sometimes feel the need to do this. Don't do it. This is not a moment to preach modesty. There's stuff in the Bible where there's probably is a moment to talk about to a woman about modesty. This is not that. Um. So I just that's my that's my soapbox. I'm gonna get off the soapbox now. (laughs) I go too far, babe.
1: No, I think you're right. It's true. He says we'll always wonder if Bathsheba was bathing in a place where she shouldn't bathe. I'm like, no, I.
0: No, I don't wonder at all. Don't I don't wonder play. at all. Not at all.
1: Because the text doesn't make anything of that issue, so
0: the story It's like people don't want to read books. <laughs> like read a
1: book. Look what the narrator, look what oh. Okay, okay. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. Well, the um the point of that chapter was. I'm sorry, but my phone's was, exploding. Yeah, okay. I turn
0: it off because there's it's a nonsensical thing
1: that David was in a place of being a little too high and mighty and was um, felt like he could get away with anything in that story you know he ends up murdering her husband and you know we we know the story because we've all heard it I'm sure um, but he talks about how that is a danger and that the way to resist the danger of I guess Thinking that we're untouchable or can do no wrong. That that's part of the problem with David is that he thought he could do just do these things and um, until Nathan confronted him and he talks at the end of that chapter about pursuing humility and embracing your poverty, remembering that we're all equally broke and blessed um, and resisting the place of celebrity and how um, the cure for David in that in that scenario is to remember his position before God And come down from your high horse, you know, (laughs) thinking that you're all better than everybody, and remembering that you are not. And he had to be reminded that he was a sinner, um, and that he had done wrong, and be brought low, and remember that God is in the high place, not us.
0: It's kind of surprising the book; it ends with the David Bathsheba story, really. Like, um, I mean, is that like there's like. he goes to he goes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He tells us, "Take your know, five smooth stones." is a real good preacher thing, I guess he does. You know, the so stone of yeah, fingers. remember on your hand. He um, hand. <laughs> but he doesn't go into Absalom. He doesn't go into a lot of that. See,
1: he mentions it in the chapter about family and just like not being a terrible father. <laughs>
0: like, he mentions Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. He does mention that guy, yeah. but I'm just, it's surprising how he doesn't spend a lot of time in that after. I've heard a lot of preachers pull from this book, and I didn't even know it. Oh, yeah? A lot of preachers I've I've heard have preached points from this book, which is not a bad thing, this book is very influential. Again, I
1: mean, it goes through David's whole life. Very quickly. There's a lot there, yeah.
0: And again, you can take the the observation Lucato makes and really go deeper and have a whole message on it. There's, it's rich. It's rich, and he barely touches the surface on a lot of these stories. it makes me want to read David's David's life more in depth. Um, and it ends by the point of Jesus, which mm-hmm. is a good way to go. Um, David's city of Bethlehem, he goes to the, there's another savior coming from Bethlehem and it is Jesus the Christ. It's a way to go on bringing people back to Jesus. Um, I'm not great at that. I often will just stay in the Old Testament. Like I preached on, I preached on God as creator this last Sunday and I'm just like, God created the whole world. So uh, worship him and um, don't, you know, don't pollute, and that was so. I I, I was <laughs> give not a, a don't, don't give pollute. a hoot. Don't pollute. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Ayo, and so I didn't. Like I sometimes don't go back to the gospel. I don't run as fast as I can to the gospel. And Lucero does a good job of going back to the gospel at the end of his book. Um,
1: I think the story of David lends itself to that. It does.
0: It does. Um, but um, I mean, so so all in, or at the end of all things, I really, it, it's it's real easy read. Mm-hmm. I would say, if you love if you love the Lord, maybe you're struggling with some things in your life, struggling with some obstacles. This could be a very helpful book for you in this moment. Um, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. I, I, yeah. I'm glad I read it. I'm not glad, I'm not bad. I'm not mad that I read it. It's a good no. book. Yeah. Um, it's not gonna be one of my read every year or three years or ten year kind of things. Um, But it's a very good book, and if I ever preach on David, I will get this off the shelf and I will look at it and look to it as a resource in studying for David.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's all good. I think, um, yeah, there are chapters on, you know, a variety of topics. There are chapters on grief and on um, just what do you do when you get in a slump, you know, when you hold on to hope. when you're in desperate days you remember that God meets needs and, you know so there's there's something that speaks to just about anything um, that we go through which is helpful.
0: very helpful so, um, so yes yeah, so that's, uh, that's our review of this book I think we have another book right there babe um, this next month we're gonna do a special two episode month we're reading a big book look at how wide that thing is look at dude, there's so many
1: pages I,
0: Somebody already read this one. I already read it once to I'm gonna read it again that's how much I love this book I'm gonna read it again I read it last year in 2022 I'm gonna read it again for 2023 this book was uh um, really encouraging to my soul um looking forward to reading it again it's by Timothy Keller who just passed away this year mm-hmm. um of was it throat cancer or no, pancreatic cancer. pancreatic, can- pancreatic cancer got him mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Keller is a church planner in New York, um, very influential in our lives, talk more about that when we get into it. But uh, the books in two halves, we're gonna do an episode on each half. So um, uh, we have the book for sale here at Flint City Church. If you wanna buy a copy, we sell it for 10 bucks, which is cheap, you can get on the rack, It's stinking the bookstore, baby, or Amazon. We beat Amazon because we're stinking and losing money on it. But, um, <laughs> but we, want, we want to encourage reading. And if you have ever struggled in your faith, if you hear maybe atheists or agnostics or people who are irreligious say Jesus is only for people who, who are stupid, and you think is, is Christianity uh, a reasonable faith, this book is a book that can really help you. Because this book, it's not mean spirited. It's not like it's it's not simple. It's not going to try to cheat. It's a very honest look at some of the hard questions, and uh, I found it very uh, I found it very helpful to my own journey with the Lord. So that's going to be next month in August. So, so we'll
1: read part one. In two weeks. We'll talk about it in two weeks.
0: And then in four weeks we'll do part two. So uh, grab the book, right start reading, and uh, we'll be back together because we like books. We like books. And you should too. Because Evelyn Underhill once said, um, apart from prayer, spiritual reading is the great developer of the inner self. I butchered that quote this time. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it polished up for next time. So uh, until next time, I'm Ernesto. I'm Angie. And we're married to each other. Sure. true. And uh, we love being with you. We'll like it at least. So um, <laughs> see you guys later. Bye. do 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 Do-do-do-do-do.